Let me ask you a question. What does it take to unlock potential, to discover what's truly possible in business, to create a new normal? It takes one thing, a leader who raises the bar, who sets bigger goals and higher standards for your business, your team, and most importantly, yourself. I'm your host, Katherine Binkley. I've scaled businesses for over 17 years, and I've helped my clients make millions of dollars without sacrificing their freedom by building and leading high-performing teams. Together, we're going to explore what it takes to elevate your leadership, your team, and your business. This is The Elevate Effect. Hey there, Dallin. I'm so glad to have you here. How are you doing? Good. What's up, Catherine? How you doing? Great. I'm glad that we got to meet. It's been several months ago. We were just chatting about that, reconnecting. Um, and I couldn't wait to get you on the podcast and let you talk about your story and our story as well, right? We get to talk about yeah. both our stories and yours. So first, can you tell us a little bit about you and your business just to give everyone an intro to what you do? Yeah. Uh, so I, my name is Dallin Aid, and I run an agency called Content Supply, where we help entrepreneurs and influencers become the go-to experts in the industry through using story to sell and to serve their audience. And so we do, to, to use story, we use video. And then we repurpose that video and, and help distribute that story at a massive scale. And so we're a big believer in the power of story. I love that. And how did you get into this? Do you want me to go into my whole backstory? Because yeah, that, that's a great question. I'm like, woo, short and long answer. Um, yeah, so long story long. Uh, getting into this was definitely a long road as it is for many of us. I have always been entrepreneurial. I, there's plenty of projects and things I was, I was starting growing up. One of that was my love of making little movies. Um, I picked up a family video camera. It was tape-based, very non-digital back then, although it wasn't back then, it wasn't that long ago. And, uh, and I, I, I found that I was doing that as a way to create connection because I was a very shy kid. I stuttered a lot. I, I remember getting teased a lot. I, I probably still get, I think we all get teased in different ways, right? Just adult yeah. teasing. <laughs> yeah, and so like, you know, it was, it was hard. Like I felt really alone. And so the few friends I did have um, we would come together and create movies as a way to like share like our inner feelings and share stories that it was hard for us to communicate or, or connect with right on a bigger level. And so um, did that a lot. And as I got older and became more confident and sure of myself, so to speak, I got to thinking that, well, I love doing this whole story video stuff, but this whole world and everyone's telling me that I can't make money at it. I, I wanted it. Like I, I got so much satisfaction out of doing all these things, but I just got, I got told and I began to tell myself that it wasn't possible. And so mm. I, uh, I studied IT in school. I was going to be an IT guy for my career. And I got deep into that and I just got really miserable in my classes. Um, and I remember staying up late doing all nighters, um, all like <laughs> for those who aren't familiar with like the IT world, um, I mean, we covered a variety of different things, but one aspect is running code for like a performance of a 
like for a program to run successfully. And there are hundreds to thousands of lines of code that have to be 100% perfect for it to run correctly. And so if you're missing one single character, like a semicolon or anything, then it runs incorrectly and then you have to troubleshoot. And I remember like these late nights thinking, what kind of value is this creating for myself? Um, you know, in, in 10 years and 20 years, like 50 years from now, when I'm looking back, I'm like, is this something that I want to be proud of that I did and spent my time doing? And I was like, no, this doesn't bring me any satisfaction. It doesn't create this like value and connection that I wanted. And that was, uh, I began to think about that and I was like, well, okay, well, what do I love? And I was like, oh, it kind of goes back to my love for filmmaking and telling stories. And so I, um, I was like, well, I, I need to learn this quick. Um, and get back into it. So I decided to write and direct a feature film. And I was 23 at the time, a student or yeah, something like that. And, uh, and so I did his 82 minute film. We released it theatrically, sold out most, multiple showings theatrically as in like handful of theaters locally. Right. Um, but we made some profit off of it. And I remember sitting in this front row here, here I am the shy kid um, avoided like, owning my story for the longest time. And I'm there getting the response of this whole crowd of people, many I didn't know, and responding to a piece of work that I put together. And I was like, it was in that moment that I was like, this is it. Like, you can make money off of telling stories like this, uh, no matter the genre, no matter if it's true or not true. And so that really was a turning point for me and where I began to own my story much more and move from this miserable state of doing things I thought I was supposed to do and then doing things I actually needed and wanted to do. And, uh, and so I, I still graduated in IT because I was, you know, kind of in too deep, which is totally fine. But I quickly landed a job at Princess Cruises doing, um, leading their video team. Um, so we delivered videos to ships all around the world and employees all around the world. And I, I loved it. It was incredible. I was um, getting deeper into telling a lot more stories. And um, there's also a side of me that was dissatisfied because I was working for someone else and there was a lot of restrictions still. Um, and uh, as, I, uh, as I was working my way up the corporate ladder, it's a massive corporation. I had great support great friendships around me. Um, I mean, I got promoted and pay raises very quickly. And after my, my last promotion, my boss told me, uh, you know, this is incredible. We support you, but we can't give you any more raises for the foreseeable future or whatever. Or I was stuck into the typical like 3% raise, right? Which is nothing. Yeah. And so I was like, well, wait a minute. So my title can't go any higher because I've reached the max to my boss and I don't want my boss's job. And already I, you know, the money's really good. I got a great pay rate, you know, like I'm, I'm making good money, but I was like, what is this all for? Like, I don't see myself a future here. Right. And then I'm being told that my progression my, my story was kind of had to be plateaued a little bit. I was already kind of complacent and too, not I, too good at the job sounds weird, but just, I, I was just getting too comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. not being challenged enough. And so already around this time, I was moonlighting what would become content supply and, uh, and I was doing so like what really being a snowball is getting connected with one of my early online clients who her name is Julie. 
And I started with her origin story video and that was like just a massive success. Like she was still an agency owner at that point before she became a coach and then eventually got hired on as the head of marketing at ClickFunnels. Mm-hmm. And we used that origin story, organically got her like 60,000 views, got her feature in Forbes. And it really was a snowball effect for us both where she became a business coach for me for sure. She introduced me to this whole world of online business. And, you know, we kind of grew together and obviously like she just exploded into this massive influencer, but I, she opened up this whole world of what was possible with online business and give, you know, kind of equipping me with all the, the right tools to, to get started beyond. And so as that happened and quickly, I got in the momentum of quitting my job and a common friend we have, Tanya, Mm-hmm. I met her before I quit and I told her she's all about quitting. She also quit her, oh, her yeah. corporate job and she's rooting me on. She's like, do it, do it. And so, uh, yeah, I quit of, in July of 2018 and it's just been incredible, incredible experience ups and downs for sure. But, um, really haven't looked back cause like I committed to it. I made it happen and it's just, everything's kind of fell into place so nicely. I love it. I absolutely love so much about your story, but I talk a lot about building a profitable business that lights you up. And so I love that pretty early on in your journey, you started to ask yourself before you even started your entrepreneurial journey, you were starting to ask yourself those questions about what do I really want to do? Is this it? And started to to transition based on what you thought was going to, I think you put it in words of like bring value and that kind of thing. But in the terms I use, something that's going to light you up. So yes, it yeah. feels like that's become true for you and that what you're doing truly does light you up. 100%. Awesome. You know, and, and, and you can kind of see too, right? Like I talked about the IT versus like the creative storytelling side. And it's very obvious looking back and it was hard to see it at the time when you're in the weeds, but what was lighting me up and what was not, I don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Marie Kondo, right? Yeah. With, tidying up. She's like, what, what sparks joy? I love you know, that. Like, yeah. like what lights you up? And I was like, I was touching different items in my life to be like, does this spark joy? Does this spark <laughs> joy? <laughs> so that, yeah, it was very, uh, it was very enlightening for me for sure. And it's a continual process because I think you can take that same thing as we were actually chatting before going live and talking about looking at your own role and within your company and I think that that's something that we all have to do as well as we grow and our, and our businesses grow and we bring on team members, we have to continue that process of figuring out what lights you up and what doesn't, because even within the business, even if you love the business overall, there are a lot of things within the business that you might not like or love to do or that you just can't simply handle. That's so true. Yeah. So it's an Um, ongoing journey. It's so, and I love that you use the word journey because um, you totally just remind me of this whole idea. I believe all of us are very familiar with like what a story is, you know, like the hero's journey, things like that. One thing that I love is dissecting, well, what is it that we have a dream to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And that when we can dissect what we want out of our lives, out of our business, um, usually to support each other, especially as entrepreneurs, there are really are two forms of achievement that we should seek. And, and this is something that we really need to figure out for ourselves if we don't know it already is for sure chasing like the accolades and awards, the extra money is great. And like I was chasing that with the corporate ladder growth I was having, but then it was only fulfilling so much. And I was like, well, wait a minute, I need also 
a like an internal transformation, something that provided an extra value in my life. And I was getting some sense of it, but I feel like I was kind of being told that my value was in some ways limited because other people were deciding aspects of it for me. And so that's where entrepreneurship, especially now with the internet, you know, all the opportunities it provides is we, we kind of have unlimited potential with what to chase and what to grow into. And it's only limited based on the limits of what we dream to have happen for ourselves. Wow. So how do you begin to communicate that? Because it's one thing to have that dream. It's another to effectively communicate it. And you help with that. I mean, you may help with both, but for sure you help with communicating it. Yeah. So, so your question was like, how does that look like as far as communicating yeah, like it? That process. And how do you even begin to effectively communicate that to like to the masses? Yeah. You know, it, it really begins more simply than I think we consider. And, and there, there's a process that I developed called story therapy. Um, it's mm-hmm. become the title of, of my podcast, but the reason why I use it is like, I'm not a therapist by any means. But what I believe is story creates a therapeutic experience for us. And before we go and publish everywhere and become the quote unquote influencer, which I love that term, by the way, and that's a whole nother conversation and kind of reach that level. I think it, it, it takes a lot of kind of internal auditing. <laughs> that's not a sexy word, but internal review of, of where we're at and what we want and, and just dissecting what our stories are at this point. Like what is that we want of our life and business and, and what do we need to chase to get there? But, but with the therapeutic side is the more we can take ownership over um, past stories, no matter how difficult or, you know, those skeletons in the closet, things like that, take ownership over those stories and begin to publish them more, but you don't have to go out and like do a Facebook live right now and, and publish it as vulnerable as it may be. You have to kind of begin it on a private level, like journaling, documenting it in some form, formulating what your thoughts and emotions are around the stories of your past, present, and even future, and take stock of it privately. And then with a trusted person or a loved one, uh, maybe it's a, you know, someone trusted, it could be customer, which is great. And then you testing your material out, so to speak, and different parts of your stories. And then you can figure out, well, great this is how I can connect it to my business. And, and there's nothing wrong with putting some stories on the shelf for a while if you're not ready to share it. But the idea is the more we practice publishing, whether it's privately or publicly, the easier it will be to control our emotions around certain stories, especially mm-hmm. as personal as they may be. Yeah. And, um, and then therapy is then, I believe, like experienced when we keep publishing in those different forms. And then we get better at communicating them. And, and so naturally through the process, we'll create bridges between the stories and an offer in our business. And sometimes that bridge can take in the form of just people growing in their ability to know you more, love you more and trust you more. Mm. Wow. So I almost, it's funny because we, we knew each other in August, but not necessarily hearing this background. I think even following that, and we talked about how I broke my arm shortly after, and I spent a lot of time like really thinking about things because as a 
business owner, I couldn't do all the things I wanted to do. So I spent a lot of time thinking and reflecting and a lot of my time following that whole, you know, experience was thinking through my story and sharing more and getting more comfortable with it. And how much would I have loved to have had a process or a guide through that? Like, I think I just stumbled my way through and it's an ongoing process as well, but trying to figure out how to take some of the most vulnerable moments and share those and communicate those because they're so much a part of who I am and why I even do what I do. But then also there's the other side. I'd love to hear your take on this. I'm sure you get this a lot. There's the other side of thinking, okay, there's the stuff that I feel uncomfortable sharing and we have to work through that. And you just spoke to that. But then there's the other side of, well, I mean, my story's not that unique. I don't have that that much to talk about. Like, and how do you pull that out of someone? Because there are so many day-to-day things that happen. And, and as a business owner in a certain field of expertise, we might think, oh, that's not even a big deal or it's not important, but we take it for granted. So how do you, when people are taking their stories for granted, how do you kind of pull that out of them? Yeah, that's so good. Uh, I do have some frameworks I follow and a lot of it just requires a lot of asking inspired questions and listening. But one thing that I do love is, and as far as creating our unique stories, um, particularly starting with the origin story, um, the why behind our, our business and what we do is to recognize that it's unique because we are each unique. Like the, the basis of like the themes of stories are the same across the board. You know, think of movies, right? Like every superhero movie has very similar themes about it. Like it's, you know, there's always, there's always an order story to how they got their powers and all those things. So at the surface level, a lot of our stories are very similar and that's okay. Where it becomes unique is the perspective we gain and can share from those stories that we have. You hear, you hear it a lot. Um, maybe I, I think you hear mostly from, from guys, to be honest, around like, oh, I was broke on my like parents' couch. And like, I started applying this framework and, you know, I, I run, ran ads and now I'm a millionaire and check out my mansion and follow me because I can make you, you know, like all these like empty promises and unoriginal stories. And it's because they're not sharing their unique perspective. Like for sure, if you're broke and it's that rags or riches story, that is a part of your story. And so that will come out, but there's a far better way to communicate that. And that's where like the unique perspective and the one way, another way to look at it, Think of like reading your favorite book, like fiction or nonfiction. Um, uh, honestly, like I think of the way of like reading scripture, like I'm, I'm a Christian. So like reading scripture or all the many churches, you know, uh, but any book you may read, think about the interpretation you have towards what you read in those yeah. stories um, and nonfiction or fiction, uh, our interpretations and our perspectives Uh, are very different. Like my wife and I have plenty of discussions and we see things differently, you know, although we have shared a shared vision, we see things differently. And so the, our, our different perspectives create the unique approach we have to how we can show up to communicate our stories. And so like for you, Catherine, you know, you've had a massive break on your arm, you know, thousands, millions of people have broken their arms but what kind of new insight and discoveries have you had into your own life, into your business, and how it relates to your customers, those you're serving? 
that's where it becomes unique is your ability to be like, Hey, because of my, like, yes, I broke my arm, but it's not about that. It's about what I learned as a result. And, uh, and so the cool thing about that too, is uh, on a daily basis, we can have those epiphanies and discoveries, even in like small forms, maybe going to the grocery store, you know, and be like, Whoa, here's a new perspective. But yeah, like at the core and the why behind our business, uh, a lot of people throw out words of influence and impact and profits and revenue, you know, all these things of which are great and results, but, but it's the perspectives along that journey and how you can specifically guide people based on your own experiences is I think that's the way like story is always the way to get you to the next level of impact. Yeah. You know, I think scripture was a really great example because as I continue to reflect on that, I'm just thinking you can take any one of the most common texts and look at how many different sermons have been preached on this, you know, verse or two or three, right? Yet they're also different and unique and you can read through the Bible multiple times and take away different things every time you read the same scripture. So really good example there. And then I love the idea of this because I remember after I did break my arm, after I went through the emergency room and got out and nothing was, of course, surgery was much later. I was still in pain. I was on pain meds and loopy, but I'd never seen the Pacific ocean and we were planning to head to the beach whenever it all happened. And so the first thing I did was look to Tanya and was like, can we still go to the beach? And she just died laughing, but I still wanted to go to the beach. And later I was just reflecting about like how much there was to be grateful for. And not just in that moment for still being able to make it to the beach and see the ocean and put my feet in the water, even though I had a broken arm. But then that whole journey, like there was a, there were so many ways that breaking my arm actually benefited me. And yet I would never have asked to break my arm, never wanted to break my arm, but I came to a place eventually where I was actually grateful for that. And so I can see how there are different little aspects of that, that I could break off into stories and begin to tell. So it's really cool to think about that. Yeah. You know, and what's so cool, about you sharing that and there, you said there's so many different ways you're basically saying there's so many different pieces of content you can be publishing. Yeah. And, and I, I think a lot of people get strapped and oftentimes we create excuses around why we're not publishing you know, whether it's a video or a podcast, you know, we're doing it right now, but a podcast or blog, email, whatever, we have unlimited opportunities for content ideas. If we just stop and, and be like, oh, what perspective do can I share on my phone or on this cable? You know, like yeah. <laughs> I'm pulling a random objects, but like we, we all have a unique perspective or a story from the day that we can, we can share and show up to do. And, and we have easy tools to do it uh, as well. So there's unlimited possibilities. Such it just gets hard when you're like, an, you're introvert sometimes, right? So you have to fight harder like me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, me too. But it works. Yeah, I yeah, know that's a great reminder. Um, so I'd love to know, are there any big mistakes or myths or anything that you feel like we should cover surrounding this whole idea of owning and sharing your story? That's such a great question. As far as owning your story, I'll, I'll break it that down a little bit more. And okay. then uh, I'll talk about some myths. Uh, to me, what it means to own your story is to live true to what you want. And so 
I, you know, I talked about in the past where I wasn't owning my story because I was living a lifestyle that wasn't what I wanted. And it wasn't until I had those epiphanies and really self-reflected that I was like, oh, this is my dream. This is what I want. Like my dream was like to quit my job eventually too. And like that became my next dream. We keep on having new dreams. And so owning our stories come into like owning what we actually want and chasing that. And once we achieve a dream, set a new dream, keep on having a dream. And so like, you know, for example, my next dream is to build um, my business so it can run without me run with me, run without me, operate without me, scale it in a way that it can serve a lot more people. And to me, what I see as far as myths go with owning our stories is that um, you mentioned one earlier is feeling like we're not unique enough. Mm -hmm. Our stories are not unique enough. Who would care about, you know, Jane Doe in a little town in Arkansas. I'm making up brand a little town in Arkansas, you know, like I have no special background. I, I don't have a rags to riches story. I, you know, I've never really had a life of much struggle like other people who just have incredibly impactful stories. You know, I haven't broke my arm. I, there's been, there's, a, there's been a lack of struggle. And I think it's, we're selling ourselves too short when we jump to that conclusion, because no matter who you are, there's always struggle in our lives whether it's physical struggle, emotional struggle, family struggle, societal struggle, whatever it may be, there's always conflict that exists and conflict makes for a unique story and a remarkable story. And then, um, yeah, but the unique, uniqueness comes into our unique perspective to that story. But, mm-hmm. but I just think, I think we need to become more real and honest with ourselves around the hardship we, we have experienced or will experience because it's, it's always inevitable there's always two sides to the coin of having success and having failure in whatever stage that takes. And, uh, and another big myth I want to hit on too is I feel like the, I know the only thing, uh, the biggest thing holding us back is our fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. We, we fear how we'll judge ourselves. We'll fear what our family will think. We fear what our customers will think. We'll fear what uh, random trolls on the internet will think, whether we admit it or not. And as far as publishing and owning our stories um, and ownership of our stories. We, f- we first own it, then we must publish it. Like that's a non-negotiable when we create mm-hmm. ownership over that. And so that fear of judgment holds us back um, every single day. Yeah. So that begs the question. So what do you do? How do you get <laughs> over it? <laughs> yeah. I believe it, it goes back to what I was ma- mentioning earlier and uh, here, I'll break it down like this, like kind of three stages of story sharing. And, and one is that, that first form where we share it with ourselves privately. We document it, like give yourself dedicated time. You know, in some ways it can be seen as meditation, I guess, but just remove all distractions and just think about your past. Think about your stories, just start documenting. It's, it's a little bit of personal like history, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of document, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, what is it that I want? Um, out of this business, out of my life kind of thing. And like big questions. Yes, I know. But, but be honest with ourselves of what we want so we can, you know, own that and, and write down all, all the difficulties you've had in your life. Like just take stock, like literally create a, a story bank of, of just everything that's happened. Document it all, write it down, maybe do an audio record, maybe record yourself in video or something privately. And one thing that 
is incredible to help too is find someone who is like a third party, someone you trust that you can feel like they can speak freely. They're a good listener and they're, they ask some good questions. They're engaged, no distractions and have that conversation around what you want and what their perspective is and what they see and document that as well. Like record that audio conversation. So you have reference to it. And as you begin to document those pieces, you become more comfortable with sharing. Like when I started to do this and and like, to me, this is a part of story therapy. When I started to do this, I used my wife. Many tears were shared from both of us and she's a sympathy Mm -hmm. crier. So she cried with (laughs) with me, but um, no, it was really good though. Like many, many tears were shared and um, it was great. I documented a lot of things, but, but as I, um, I thought that was my origin story, what I shared at the time, pieces of it were, but I was like, uh, it wasn't until later that I had epiphany around, well, that wasn't my exact origin story. Like, yes, that was a difficult time in my life, but that wasn't it. And, uh, and so like, it just gives us more clarity, the more we communicate it. And it's easier to do that on that scale. And then as we practice and share it more and more, um, then we must be sharing it on a public level. And one kind of uh, note to make is not every time does it begin on a story sharing begin on a private level too. Think of like a Tony Robbins event. He, you know, there was a public form that these people all like, they quickly have to adapt and share their story on a massive public level, you know, and the emotions come out very quickly. And then what they do is they pull from that public level, begin to share that with their trusted circles to then privately and be like, Oh, what did that mean for me? Like I left this high of this big event. And what did this mean for me? Like, how's my life changed as a result? And so it, sometimes it starts on the public level, but it's to recognize that there are those three stages that must happen for us to create clarity around how we can better communicate the hard and exciting aspects of our stories. And um, as we do that, it's a non-negotiable, especially as you create ownership over these stories that we have to publish. It's only healthy. And if we don't publish... We don't create, um, honestly, like a personal history of ourselves. Right. Like not only does it help us make more money, it helps us create a personal history that is benefits generations down the line of people who can then learn from our stories. Yeah. I think when it comes to the judgment specifically, at some point, it's not that there's ever a way to, to of course, you can't make the judgment go away. It's always going to be there. It's just at some point what you're saying about having this compulsion, like you must share, you must publish the, the, the mission becomes so much greater than whatever judgment could come, or you just learn to not care what other people think. And it's going to benefit more people than, than whatever pain you're, you might feel from a few yes. not resonating or a lot not resonating. So true. And, and that's why like owning is such a key word here. I, I think when we truly take ownership, we, we kind of, get so set to be like, no matter what is said, done to me from myself, from others, from people I don't know, um, it's not going to take away from the fact of what I want, you know, like what has happened. Mm -hmm. Um, people can think what they want as hard as it's hard. Like I'm, I mean, we all definitely have our, um, our struggles with that, you know, that's the judgment side, but, um, the ownership creates that clarity and, that like just ability to push forward no matter what is said or done to us because the people who like 
the, <laughs> the people who hate or may judge us um, are ones who haven't owned their own stories. Yeah. So it just, it, it creates more power for us. True. Love that. And so much about sharing your story or any message marketing content is about creating the polarizing content. Like it's going to attract some people and repel others. And that's actually a really good thing. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. And while we could continue talking forever, I think it's best to perhaps just tell everyone who's listening in where they can learn more and follow you and get to know you. And, and so where can they find you online? Yeah, you can find me on all the socials. Originstoryvideo.com is my signature service that helps people okay. own and publish their stories. And, uh, and obviously contentspy.com is like the hub of, of my agency. So yeah. Okay, great. So go to both of those for sure. But today we talked a lot about that origin story. So I think that that's a great, it sounds like that's a really good first step in um, this whole journey. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Any last final words that you'd like to share before we sign off? Yeah. Uh, I'll share a few. So, you know, we talked a lot about sharing and publishing. Uh, I would say don't feel overwhelmed to have ever, all your ducks in a row before you, you start. That, you know, you have all your stories perfectly documented privately before you publish. I would say simply um, start sharing your insights from today. You may be in a better emotional place, you know, right now uh, than past stories, right? And so I just begin practicing and the more imperfect you can show up and publish, um, the more comfortable you'll be like you'll be with the more you share your story. So just start, do simple publishing right away. Love it. So that's your challenge. Everyone who's listening, go somewhere, somehow publish something imperfectly today. If you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you send me a screenshot of that review, I'll give you free access to my CEO scorecard. This is the same tool I use with my multiple six and seven figure clients to help them up-level their role as CEO and achieve massive results. This resource is typically available exclusively to clients in my coaching program, The Elevate Effect. If you're ready to learn how to elevate your leadership, your team, and your business, head over to katherinebinkley.com forward slash The Elevate Effect and join us to reach your next level of success.